0: One, two, one, two Welcome, 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 welcome back film fans This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie I'm Tawana
1: And I'm Vaughn
0: And we're two filmmaking cinephiles Dedicated to the art of film The taste of a good beverage And everything in between We're glad you're back people So grab a seat film fans Beer drinkers and bourbon lovers alike This is episode 21 Oh
1: yeah (laughs) You Well, fans. this is the 80s reboot episode, and we're going to be talking about Love, Simon, and Ready Player One. So, Tawana, what are we having to drink today, since we celebrate in the 80s?
0: Since we celebrate in the 80s. If I really want to think about my adolescence and the things I drank, none of those are important for the show. Right. Like Saint Ives and Ballantine <laughs> and champagne. Oh, what was it? Champagne. Champagne. It was pink, by the way. And Zima's and uh, really shitty things. Boons. Mm-hmm. Right. Boons. Because I could get it in the grocery store without being <laughs> carted. Oh yeah. Uh, but when I really think about, I guess in terms of craftsmanship, I had to think about my grandfather. And what he always drank And what which you stole were, from him. And, you and what, were drinking what I stole from him on the low, and mm-hmm. my grandma would yell out the window into the backyard and say, Get off of that beer girl. <laughs> Jack, watch her, she's snipping she's sneaking your beer. <laughs> so um, What are we having today? What it is is Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. All right. Um, he used to drink these little nips, or, or what they would call Miller High Life Ponies. The, okay. little, the little They're like ones. seven ounce. Mm-hmm. Very hard to find now, but of course, if I go into the hippers, hippest of spots in New York, I can still find.
1: Nice. Well, <laughs> hips is, I always know best old school beers, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like
0: Paps and this, mm-hmm. and Schaefer, and uh, shit like that, Molson, stuff oh, like nice. that. Ballantine's um, still floating around, but for now, this is about... My first introduction into beer was Miller High Life. Uh, Miller High Life, which is the champagne of beers, pretty much dates back to like 1903. It's this big American classic style ale recognized for its consistency, its crisp, smooth taste and iconic clear bottle. Miller High Life pretty much embraces, what their thing is is they embrace their rich heritage and it's also known By its fans as an authentic, unpretentious beer, Mm -hmm. low priced. Um, Literally, this cost me five dollars for a six pack in Harlem. Very nice. So it was really cheap, and Mm. so basically, their whole thing is like they're very pro-American, and they encourage beer drinkers to take like the high life. Can I taste it? Yeah, by all means. And, And so basically, for me, since this was my intro into beer life, and my grandfather poisoned me for life. Okay. I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. why they like it. Yeah, it it does feel very it's a crisp, clean mm-hmm. taste. It's unmistakable. Some people say it's metallic. I don't think it's metallic.
1: No, I don't get that at all. It's it's a better Budweiser.
0: It's oh, 10 times better, bud. Yeah. Ten times better, bud. Mm-hmm. Um but I always liked it because I thought it was even as a kid drinking beer. I thought <laughs> it was a a a simple, clean and when I grew older I understood non skunky classic taste. Right. And and it's easy to digest and it's a nice intro if you really want to just drink a cheap beer. And uh, there you go. of High Life.
1: Well, what about since you? since we're talking about the 80s. Yes. Now, mind you, I'm a kid of the 80s and that was my heyday of 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 learning how to drink cuz that was my time as a teenager to learn how to drink and that was a wonderful time in drinking history because a lot of drinks were created at the bars during that time. Right. So you had Kamikazes, you had Alabama Slammers, you had uh fuzzy the Fuzzy Nable and the Fuzzy Nipple, all those kinds of drinking uh drinks. Mm-hmm. The Long Island Iced Tea was also created in, in, the in the 80s. And so today I decided since I wanted to in- infuse bourbon into the mix, I'm going to have an Amaretto Sour and I'm going to put I'm going to post the the recipe for everybody to see. Okay. Uh Amaretto sours, I used to love these things. We used to, because that was the cheapest thing you could buy. Right. You know, we could we could get somebody older to buy this stuff for us when we were younger. Right. And, you know, it was a little bit of bourbon, a little bit of amaretto, a little bit of uh, lemon juice, and some simple syrup, and you had an uh, amaretto sour. A lot of people do it simply with amaretto and sour, but for beer, bourbon, and movie, we we're going to have some bourbon in it. And uh, the Europeans do it with... A little egg white, so you get a little foam on the top.
0: Yeah, we were talking about that earlier, and I was saying, I was asking you, I was like, "Isn't that dangerous?" Because no, it's... because
1: the alcohol pasteurizes the the egg. Right. So if you were doing it in a shaker with the egg white you, to get that little foam on the top, you would uh, shake it up. Shake it up, and you you'd be fine. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to worry about it because alcohol kills everything. It kills everything. It's kind of make, and makes you feel good.
0: It's kind of like how beer makes its own carbon dioxide. You know, it's like exactly. it makes it based on the, the alcohol and the sugars blend together to make the. Um, and Mrs. New Zealand himself,
1: he actually liked my, my sour that I made. Did he
0: now? It it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck with it.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's jump into the show.
0: Yes, yes. So the first film we're doing is Love Simon. All right. So Love Simon is based on the book Simon versus the Homo sapiens agenda. Uh, this story is about Simon, who's a young man and a young teenager who keeps a huge secret from his family and friends, pretty much all of his classmates, that he is in fact gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the secret is threatened, Simon must face everyone and come to terms with his own identity. Okay. And um, it's directed by uh, Greg uh, Berlanti. I'm sorry, Berlanti. My Berlanti, apologies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who's actually doing a reboot of Little Baharas? Nice. Um, That'll be fun with him. Which I think it'll be fun with him. He's known primarily as really a big uh, writer and producer, but he's also been a director from time to time.
1: And he's big in television.
0: He's really big in television. Yeah. Big producer of television work. Um, he does a lot of DC shows on the WB. Right, right. There's a WC. WB. WB?
1: Mm-hmm. WB. WB.
0: Um, yeah, I don't watch that at all. I but watch it all the time. I, I, it's, it's Arrow.
1: It's, it's, it's Flash. Right. It's all those shows. So
0: he's done all those shows: mm-hmm. Flash, Arrow, Black Lightning, um, mm-hmm. Blind Spot, which is actually pretty dope. I watch that. Um, and he's done some other some other films besides this, but they were like eighteen years ago. Okay. And, and he has like a series of films coming up.
1: The, the The beauty of this film, because I, I love this, I have to say because we've been watching a lot of movies over the last year. And now so, that we have movie pass. It just... Shout out to movie pass. <laughs> but the thing about this movie, I actually felt... Like, I felt hopeful. Like, I felt happy when I left the movie. Yeah, We saw it together. And we I did. felt very... I felt uplifted. I felt happy because it was a. Because I like, one, I like coming of age movies. Mm -hmm. I know you don't, but I do. I do
0: like some of them, not all of them. I
1: happen to like coming of age movies, and I think this was a good one. And I feel like because Greg jumped into this, he brought his television appeal, and it was very much reminiscent of John Hughes movies from back in the day. Yeah. And since this is the 80s reboot episode, it reminded me very much of Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. Ferris Bueller's Day Off and yeah. all those kinds of films in that genre Definitely. of films because we don't have that kind of storytelling right now. Mm-hmm. That that really doesn't happen, and this film really resonates with with that kind of storytelling. And you felt that whole this is this is high school, this is the experience this kid is going through. And yes, this, this was his coming out story, but this could have been anybody's high school experience, mm-hmm. not necessarily because he was gay, yeah. but just because it was a high school experience. In a way that we have not seen since John Hughes, and you know, well, yeah, it was it. It felt like okay. There were so many elements of it that you can all relate to. You had the drama teacher, my girl from Insecure, mm-hmm. who just made it so funny. The principal, the vice principal, and, and the characters themselves—they they brought something that everyone can relate to. The parents, they were they were.
0: Yeah, Natasha Rothwell. Too. Oh it's yeah, she, Albright,
1: fantastic! So there were just so many elements in this movie that just made me smile because I have forever and a day been looking for that John Hughes kind of film, and we we haven't been seeing that in a while.
0: Well, millennials don't know about
1: it. Well, millennials, wake up! Let's let's get I off mean, your computers for a second, or actually, actually, actually Google him. Get on your just Google it and figure Google out it. what's
0: what. Because they will, they I think they will embrace it, but I just think it, you know it's a generational thing. They just don't know much about them.
1: Well, catch up. And this is—I really feel like this is actually going to turn into a television show. I can actually see this as a television show mm-hmm. because it, it had all the elements that would work in a in a TV show, right? Because you you just and the music was good, and they, they, the kids were—they were—they were expressing things that people are feeling today, and they used social media in a way that it, it works and it kind of triggered all those elements.
0: Right. Well, they have a lot of good actors in it, too. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, also popular actors. So, it's got... Um, Simon is played by Nick Robinson. So, Nick Robinson did, like, Everything, Everything with... Um, what was her name? Um, it was about the girl in the house who could never leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda Steinberg. Amandala. Amandala. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I remember that. Um, mm-hmm. So, it had her and Anika was in it. Anika Rose. Um... He did Jurassic World. He's done um he's done a few Greg. other pieces. Mm-hmm. He did uh
1: he Oh did, the oh the the lead.
0: Yeah, he was the lead in it. Okay. He was in the fifth wave. So I feel like, you know, even if millennials don't know what's happening, they've followed him to this probably. Oh yeah. Um for sure. and maybe a little younger too. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they're fans of the books. And it, it it's not quite a YA, but it definitely Will will appeal to that market.
1: Please explain the why. Young folks. adult, young yeah. adult books. It's oh, like it's
0: all those Hunger Games, Twilight. Mm-hmm. It's all those people. It appeals to those peop those kids, right? Who read those books and are fans. So, but they ha- like I was saying, they had a lot of a lot of decent actors in here that I, th- I thought were really good. Like Jennifer Garner was in it. Josh Duhamel, who I absolutely love, is the yeah, dad. Josh Duhamel
1: was great in this.
0: Love it. Um,
1: we're not really normally seeing Josh as a as a dad, no. but he really he really opened it up in this role.
0: You had um, Catherine Langford, who was the girl in Thirteen Reasons Why, the mm-hmm. suicide film on um, suicide series. She was the on, best friend on Netflix. She was the girl to kill herself. She wasn't the best yep. friend in this role. She oh, was in the best this, yeah, 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 she was the best friend. Uh, Alexander Ship. Uh, she's been like uh, Rogue in in the X Men's, like the Young Rogue. There was a lot of people in this. That um that you've seen before, yes. Um and 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 Miles Heiser, too, who's also in Thirteen Reasons Why. Oh wow, uh, he played Alex. But um, I really like how they, they 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 embraced the story and turned it, pretty much sort of turned it on its head and to to fit its own, um to fit its own landscape. It also hella diversity. Absolutely. Hella, there was like three biracial kids in this movie. Absolutely. Um, then there was a mixture of religions. Um, homosexuality was was spoken about and not spoken about in an evil way because also millennials don't speak about homosexuality. Anymore. And they
1: didn't have to be punished. They the don't end. even. They don't
0: <laughs> even understand what that is to be because they they were in their communities and in their generation they've already had this. They grew up with friends having two parents um, of the same sex. Right. And that's never really bothered them. They don't really have issues with uh, sex, uh, religion. I mean, they're pretty open as far as millennials go in terms of that. They just want to be counted um, a lot of times is what happens there. But I think this is really important because Simon thought it was important to matter, that right. what was happening to him was important and would involve anybody else, and he felt alone when actually he really wasn't. Right. Um, and yes, that could be said for anyone who is like, you could say like, oh, um, what's that adage? Hold tight, it gets better. So when that whole thing goes down, it, it's the same thing. It's like it's this kid who is afraid to come out because coming out is like. One of the most horrible things you feel yeah. when you're... I'm i am gay. So I know what it's like to really just come out and just really just hold tight to that ideal of, wow, I'm okay with who I am, but everyone else won't like me or my parents might right. not approve or my parents will think I'm somebody different.
1: And I, th- I think this, this film really
0: captured that. And it captured because that.
1: Because his Simon's whole thing was... He didn't want his relationship with his family to and change, and that's
0: exactly what happens. You don't want your relationships with your with. I'm I'm speaking from personal experience. Not everybody has such a good come out story. Um, and Simon's is a good come out story. Right. I mean, it yes, it 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 had some some ups and downs to it, but I mean, there are people out here and getting put out of houses. Oh, absolutely. Getting beat, getting killed, getting abused. One getting of my good sodomized. friends,
1: his parents actually tried to kill him. Right. When he came out, so I was just like. I, I can't even imagine how that must have been. So, and in this story, the conflict was even more with the friends than it was with his, with his family.
0: Well, it was a little more complicated than that because he had, he had done some things right. to prevent his identity Exposure. from being revealed mm-hmm. and sort of sacrifice them in the long run. Right. This doesn't spoil the story for you at all. Um, because it's far more complex than that Yeah. But the the issue was that his parents Actually there was no issue with the parents The parents were pretty genuine right. I mean they they really more so Felt bad within themselves Like wow I didn't know you were going through this Right and they I'm felt really, bad
1: for his suffering
0: Right they were like I'm so sorry you were suffering Like mm-hmm. I had no idea and Josh Dumel, Oh my god this is my father In whiteface. Wow <laughs> Because he reminded me of my dad and how my dad was when I came out and how my dad is as a person right. and as a father. Um, very open, very generous, very kind, very understanding mm-hmm. in a way. And I had young parents, so in a way that I would never think that a person of his age could be right? considering his life had barely started when I was around. Right. So, you know, and to continue that, as you grow older and to always know that that is who your parent is. Right. Even still, me, much like Simon, was still frightened to tell my father. Oh yeah. And was like, oh "Oh my God, what will happen? And my dad was just totally fine. He was like, oh, I wondered why you wore those garage trucker pants. Like, (laughs) so much in the 90s. Of course, (laughs) but (laughs) but that's the whole thing, but. Right.
1: But the beauty of that was, and I think, and, and what we saw the day we saw the film together, mm-hmm. there were parents who took their young kids to see the yes. film. And, and and they were actually talking about it and talking about tolerance and acceptance yes. of people who are different from you. Right. And the kids were actually saying, well, mom, my my, my best friend is gay. Right. Oh, this girl is gay or this guy we is gay. We already know gay people. We already know this.
0: But, exactly. You know, and,
1: and I think that's... That speaks to the generation that we're living in, the time that we're living in,
0: and those kids weren't even uh, millennials.
1: They're they're really Z. They're the right. next group coming yeah. up. But that's that's my point. But so it, we're in a, t- in a time and a place where, you know, there are many people that live on this planet, and yes. everybody's not like you. No. So and, and there are many different experiences and lifestyles and, and things that people experience that we're open to in, nice. in this world. And this film kind of taps into that. And not laying into the the negative about it. It
0: doesn't land, lay into the stereotype of it at there all. There is no
1: stereotype. There was no negative. It was just, this is this man's experience and, and how he dealt with it. And yes, there are challenges in it because there's always going to be a there's challenge. There's always going to be a challenge. But the whole thing was, at the end of the day, you walk out feeling like, okay, well, there is hope for, one, this next generation coming up. And what they're trying to do,
0: right?
1: And in that, there's hope, and there's there's love, and that you can achieve love and happiness, right? Because for many times throughout the generations of, in in Hollywood, most most of your gay characters, there's always some torture, there's there's some punishment, so some some bad things that happens when you accept who you are as a person, right? And then there's always some punishment involved with it, right? We didn't have to see this in the, yeah. in this role,
0: and then I, I find that. To be very problematic for me in in some particular artist work mm-hmm. that specifically gear punishment as a mm-hmm. means for freedom or liberation or discovery of oneself. Right, and it's always there. it's like the Mildred Pierce effect. Right. you know, it's you, you always are punished. The for, Tyler
1: Perry effect.
0: Yeah, it's really now today would be the it would be the Tyler Perry effect. Right, because no matter what, you were always punished. Right. You know, I hear not much different goes on in this acrimony that he's got either to coming out, right. um, out with course. with Taraji. She ultimately pays the price, but it's just like I, I appreciate that this it didn't necessarily have a storybook ending, no. but it had a realistic ending, right? And it it worked out well, mm-hmm. and I thought very much like you did, that it was reminiscent of the Hughes era.
1: Right, absolutely. And, and you know the thing about the thing about Breakfast Club and the, and the movies from the 80s that John Hughes was all about was that every character had to learn something. Even when they thought that they were just about what they were experiencing, right. they had to learn something from other people. And all these characters in Love, Simon, also had to learn something from the experience of their friends. Oh, of course and so it wasn't just about them cuz simon for for a while in the film he thought it was just about what he was going through but we also got to tap into what his friends were going through right where, where the girl who moved from dc the biracial girl mm-hmm. she was she had experienced That's, some hard times That was in the, the slush right she literally you know, her parents were going through a divorce and it was really dramatic for her, and she was going through a lot of pain and turmoil. And she
0: was from a different type of neighborhood. Her neighborhood was worse.
1: Exactly. She grew up in the hood. An urban neighborhood. Right. She yeah. grew up in the hood and she was she was thrown into this neighborhood. My mom moved
0: her into the suburbs. Right.
1: And so she didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. She was trying to find her way. Yeah. The, the the guy who, who uh threatened to expose Simon yeah. in the film. He was dealing with his own trauma. His own trauma. He was his own trying issues. to find his way. He was the geek that nobody wanted to associate with and all this other stuff. He was just trying to find friendship. Right. There's all kinds of people in this world that we have to live with and, and everybody has their own story. Yes. And I think that what this film did well was tap into everybody's story. The yes. the girl who was in love with Simon Who who didn't understand why she was being rejected? Right. She was in her own story too. She was in her
0: own story. The friend uh, Abby, which is the biracial girl from right. the hood, then Logan Miller was played Mar Martin, Martin. It was the guy who who was uh, like a he was kind of like a nerdy the black guy. No, no, no. Oh, the, the other nerdy guy. guy who okay. who was teased a lot. Oh, had yeah. his own little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other friend Nick. Was also, he was also biracial, right? The black uh, guy. Really yeah, the black there were guy. two. There were two biracial. But, so, black but guys. that was the whole point. Yeah. you know,
1: he. Everybody. Everybody in this film was going through something. Yeah, and and we got to tap into each of their experiences.
0: Yeah, and that's that's what leads to a very interesting connection, right. which I, I think I think was very very interesting. But it's 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 funny how you how we have grown so accustomed to the John Hughes films because we grew up with them. I mean, right. literally from the eight, from 85 mm-hmm. to like the 90s, early yep. 90s. Like, we, I think his last one was Curly Sue.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, okay.
0: so um, so we all sort of knew those movies and sort of grew up with them. So we all knew that feeling. And right. it's funny how this was sort of a almost an exact blueprint of that sort of nostalgic era. Right. And it felt like nice because it was like oh it's about the kids finding themselves and who they really are and what it's like to sort of have your your chosen family right which is your friends. because he found his family he found his he has his family mm-hmm. and then he has his chosen family right his tribe as his they tribe say. as they say mm-hmm. and um and it's it 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 was nice how it all played together yeah so
1: because b- believe it or not there's a tribe for everybody. Out here. There is a tribe and for, for everybody. all of you people that are searching for your tribes. They're out here. They're
0: out there, trust and you me. will
1: find it. And, and it is, I was preparing for this show because I had watched I'd watch The Breakfast Club again after after watching oh, this. And I, yeah, I did. I wanted to see because that's one of my favorite movies, and I can watch it over and over again. Right. And as a film as a filmmaker and a film fan, I don't watch a lot of movies over and over again, but there are the ones oh, I that I do. <laughs> that I really enjoy over and over again and, and and Breakfast Club stands out to me because I just there's something about all of those people's journeys in the film that that really resonate with me and I think that I felt the same thing in this film.
0: Love Simon. Yeah, we we're you talking about You know and and, that and, lot. and it was like
1: okay I I see it. I see it and it's like okay, I'm glad that we have these kind of characters again. And this one truly could have sat in a CW show or some show on oh, television, yeah. for sure, because Greg, the director, he's known for his television work. But I think that, and it speaks to all that every day, but I, I'm glad that we're, we're we're seeing kind of films like that. And I, and I felt like from all the films that we've been watching over the last year, because we're on episode 21, folks. Yes, we are. That this was one, and also Ready Player One, Yes. That I walked out feeling, oh wow, you know this this felt good. I enjoyed this in mm-hmm. a way that wasn't, oh, I just enjoyed the film to enjoy the film. But I felt a good sense of the future and where the where the kids are going. And we're living in a time where kids are fighting for justice and trying to survive in their own schools. Right. You know what I mean? Where where I can see there's hope for these these kids growing up now. That whatever your thing is, whatever your difference is. There is a place for you in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And that wasn't always the case in the eighties, because no. people were ridiculed, punished, tortured.
0: Yeah, there was a lot. Of you know, rumors. there
1: was there's bullying. You know, all these things that happened all during these time periods. You know, and there was bullying that was addressed in this film. Yes, very was. well by my girl from Insecure,
0: Kelly. I, oh, she she plays Kelly on Insecure.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> but my whole point is. She they they addressed the bullying in this film,
0: yeah. And so, my thing is, she was awesome by doing it, she
1: was very funny. And, she and very the thing funny. is, she, she was perfect for this, she was
0: perfect, yeah. And
1: so, it, there were just many moments of because of, teachers are very important, and I think that. And my mom's a teacher, and I love teachers 100%, and a important. lot of people in my family. But the whole thing is, I think that it's important to know that. You don't have to be in this in this bubble by yourself. Right there's there's people out there. There are people that are your allies and your supporters in right. in this whole experience for everybody. Right. So I, I think that this film kind of tapped into that, and, and even the vice principal, because whatever your issue was, he had a pen for it. If you noticed that in the film,
0: yeah, <laughs> Tony Hale, played by Tony Hale, he's he from was, Veep. Right, he was so funny. <laughs> And but so I was scary. like okay
1: and and I, and I'm glad that we we got to see films like this, and you know these are the kinds of things that people are missed they're they're here to miss you're going to you might miss it, but you I, I want you to take a look at it because it's 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 something about the fact that people are going through all kinds of things in their lives, and we need to be open to everybody's differences
0: Well, everybody's going through something, mm-hmm. everybody's a work in progress right. Everyone's a continual effort trying to be something better while understanding our journey. I mean, and I think you should take a look at this film. Right. And if you're an adult and has a child, take your child, as long as the kid's like above 10. Right. And take them and let them absorb this because they probably already have some friends similar to what's happening in it. Love Simon. And I think it will continue an interesting uh, yep. conversation when you guys are out of this film. Absolutely. So let's move on. Because we can't on. all
1: be a masterpiece like me and Alex.
0: <laughs> oh, so just left me out. Well, what? what?
1: Tawana, you're still a work in progress. I'm you a, already said that already.
0: You are too. I'm the masterpiece. No, that's the point. You're a work in progress because you don't even realize you are. I'm done already. No, you're not done.
2: I'm just David's assistant.
0: Done as in dead? Maybe. Done as in dead, maybe. <laughs> anyway. So let's talk let's about. Let's move ready? On. Speaking one. of diversity and coming out. Let's talk about Ready Player One with Lena Waite. Right. My
1: girl Lena Waite is everywhere right now. Everywhere. Shout out to her.
0: Shout out to her. Lena Vanity Wade. Fair and Master of None and Shy, the oh Shy. Yeah, she's and everywhere. And everything that she is doing. She is breaking open doors. Yeah, she is. That had to be broken up. Congratulate Lena Waite. And she is um, doing some serious Hollywood play in yeah. a place that just wasn't available before. So Absolutely. good for her. But on to uh, Ready Player One. Ready Player uh, One. Ready Player One, directed by who doesn't know this guy, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spil- Spielberg. I mean, if you don't know him, you've been in a fucking capsule all your life in a Absolutely. cave. I mean, from Color Purple to Indiana Jones to the Saving Private Ryan to Jaws to E.T. to One, the Post that we reviewed a few episodes ago for uh, for Oscar season. Oh yeah. If you don't know him, you're you're kind of dead inside.
1: Um, <laughs> well, I'm dead inside when it comes to Steven Spielberg, but, but I like this movie. You're dead
0: inside, period. But
2: <laughs> I was impressed. I didn't. I did, It really. I kind of forgot that it was a Steven Spielberg movie. I, oh, I
0: actually did not and thought this no? was an actual Steven Spielberg really? film. Really? Because what did it
2: harken back to. I guess I've. I it guess harkened it
0: was... back to all his nostalgic, child-like films like E.T. E. E. and all right, that. Um E.T. Right, right. e. um, um, even Indiana Jones. In in some of the action scenes. Mm-hmm. So basically, let's start off like this. So wh- where the story takes place is when the creator, uh, James Holiday, of a virtual reality world called the Oasis, dies. He releases a video, which he challenges all his uh, Oasis users to find this magical like Easter egg. Well, it's magical in the game, sort of. Which which will give the finder his fortune. Right. And quite when- literally. Quite literally, um,
1: it felt a lot like wiki uh What are
0: you saying? Chocolate Factory.
1: Oh, Willy uh, really yeah, yeah, really yeah, it has all yeah. of
0: that because it's like so the so the lead act the lead uh, characters Percival, um Artemis, H, and um, sure. there were there were a couple others. Sure, like, yeah, show, uh, Daito. That was it, right? It was yeah. like five of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So these guys are all pretty much. This was twenty forty five.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they a long time ago, long time from now. <laughs> but uh, so basically, just they're they're the millennials of their time to describe them, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much, and they're in this game because the reality is so blank, so bleak rather. That. A, Everyone, not just kids, everyone spends their time in this Oasis world because you can be anything, you can do anything, you can go anywhere, Right. you can pretty much live your life solely for this game.
1: And in the video. And, yeah. In the video game.
0: In the video game. And in this sort of alternate world, The, the Oasis is sort of like the internet.
1: Pretty much, it felt
2: like it's, it's, yeah. Cool. It's more than the internet though, because right? it, it's 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 a, it's really is an alternate reality. It's yeah. like that. There's that game Second Life, mm-hmm. which people were kind of losing themselves in, mm-hmm. which is sort of a Sims, but you know, it was like the whole. Oh, I re- played in Second Life for a minute. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I mean, you can really be someone else and right. kind of go to nightclubs, go on dates. Like it was really like a Sims. Mm-hmm. I had sex more. in Second Life. Oh, well done.
0: That's lovely. It was fun. Must have been and very difficult. this is awkward. It was. We'll move forward. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah,
2: so you can really live out whatever you want. You right. can make money in it. You can you you know I mean? lose money. Lose right. money, make money. Exactly. Right. You can totally exist inside the Oasis.
0: And they have um, these sort of like body armors that that allow you to feel everything you're feeling in the Oasis. Haptic suits. Haptic. There you go. Alex read the book. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You are such a the geek. I am. That's okay. okay.
2: And I appreciate I've been walking around all week with an it. Elon Musk, a Saint Elon t-shirt. Wow.
0: Have you? <laughs> seen you didn't me? see
2: that?
1: I hope you took no. a shower.
0: <laughs> it's,
2: <God. laughs> it's Elon Musk, and he's like prayer hand in one, and he's holding a rocket in the other. Uh, that's that's awesome. perfect. Wow. It's yeah, you a, don't offend me. I got to get one of those. I come twice as strong.
0: Come twice.
1: Well, you are right now, folks. He's mar- rocking a Marvel T shirt with the old school yep. uh, superheroes on it. Yep. <laughs> so I get it, but like, like I said, to the film. Yes. Um, what I this film also harkens to everything eighties. The music was eighties. They they talked about John Hughes, Yes, Breakfast Club, <laughs> Pretty and Prank, and all that. They talked about it throughout the movie. So I think it was interesting to see, and I and they they peppered it with. Really good actors, you know, outside of the, the lead, but they peppered it with really good actors. Yeah,
0: Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook, uh, um, Ben Mendelssohn, Lena Waite, TJ Miller. Oh, TJ Miller was I Rock?
2: Mm-hmm. I knew
0: I knew that voice. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, Silicon Valley, dude.
0: Uh, yes, uh, Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few others. I don't know the the who's younger guy. Who's the bad guy? The he's bad the, guy he's the was the actor. Yeah, he was. His name is Ben. Uh, and he was also his name in, is Ben Mendelsohn.
1: You know what he was in? He was the he was the prince in. Um,
0: he he was in Gary
1: Oldman. Gary Oldman movie.
0: He was in uh, Rogue yeah, one.
1: Yeah, yeah you're it?
2: right. He you're was right. the prince.
1: Yeah, Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour. He uh, was in yeah, darkest he hour. was the
0: prince. Played, no, he played the king. He yeah, paid he the, was the king. king. He no, he was, was king. the king.
1: He was in darkest hours. So in and and the thing he's the in the everything. He he's was in, in Robin Hood? Yeah, he's been in everything. But, scored and, in that's, and that's usually the beauty guy. of Yeah, he always pays that bad guys, usually. And I and I liked him in this because, you know, well, one, I always like the bad guys. But the thing is, it's just like he's there is something lot. about this movie.
0: It's been a lot.
1: Because I felt like the lead character was always searching for he was trying to find some kind of peace, some kind of happiness. Well, he was an orphan. In his journey. And he had no place. Yeah, he and was stuck with his aunt. Typical
0: Steven Spielberg. Right. Looking for your dad type right. of deal. because he's always
1: looking for his dad because he was raised by his aunt he's and his her, her dysfunctional boyfriend who used to beat his ass. So there's always these elements in Stephen King. uh Stephen Steven, what's Steven Spielberg. What's Spielberg. You know, at least it wasn't the girl with the fucking balloon. But I'm just, <laughs> he, d- he does this. And and you felt this in this one. And I, you I truly think felt guy, this
0: in this one. He'll never get over that. He'll no. never... I don't care how much therapy he's ever had. He'll never... In what? fact, he may not... not get over not, what, sorry? Steven Spielberg. I, Steven Spielberg. He'll never get over it. His I themes don't, are always I, the same. His theme is always like this kid misanthrope without a dad. Always... I look at Indiana Jones, always mm-hmm. in the search of that father figure. Just So, you know, it, 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 it was very prevalent in this film. And... That whole searching for, searching for your own, your own world. Right. That was always there too, in his film. But
1: you know the the beauty of this one was he found his tribe too, within his his group that he played this game with.
0: Oh yeah, he found his tribe with Lena
1: oh. Le- Lena Wait Lena Wait and the other little Asian people. <laughs> They were in the movie. Shout out to them because (laughs) they made this film.
0: Did not reflect the (laughs) (laughs) ship. No, but that's
1: what they were. They were they were samurai and all these other little Asian kind of type characters. They were young kids, and they were young kids, (laughs) but they but that's they just happened to be Asian, Ah. and they they were his tribe because they were video game geeks.
0: Well, Artemis, he was a fan of Artemis's, and um, H was. Was his uh, was his best friend? Mm -hmm. Um, Let's not say who H is too, because it spoils it. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But all right, my favorite part of this whole damn movie.
1: My whole part of this favorite movie, this movie was the. Shining sequence.
0: Okay. How good was that? Yes. I really don't care Here's about anything thing. else that happened
1: in this movie. That the Shining was the best part of this movie. It is
0: my fucking dream. That is the most mind-blowing experience. First of all, I'm going to say, let me preface this by saying this. I was not about this film. I did not want to see it. We all did yeah. yeah. this only for Alex. Thing, thank you. We Alex. did this for Alex. And the only reason why I could, I could really just take it in was because I thought Lena Waite was in it. Or I knew she was in it. So I was like, all right, I'll take from that. And Because if this is crap, I'll just I'll just grab onto that. And I was the one with the biggest smile on my face in the damn theater. And my mouth was wide open, big, giant smile. Like I was on some yeah,
1: fucking Disney
0: ride. Like I was on a Disney ride.
1: Yeah, you it were. It was
0: because for me, it was so nostalgic. Well, it's nostalgic for all of us. But mm. for me, I really gravitated towards it. Because it, it had all the classics. Like the DeLorean from... from
2: Back to the Future. Thank
0: you. Why can't I remember that? Back to the Future. Because you're
1: drunk off this Miller Highlight. <laughs> yeah, <joking>.
0: right? <laughs> uh, King Kong from Video game, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Godzilla. From the movie, Godzilla. We had Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. We had tons of 80s music. Yes. We had old video game references. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We had, um you know, toys. I just- Toys. Apparel. galore. We had Rubik's the Gremlins jugs. were in this movie. We had Gremlins. We had those little what was that little like mummy ball that you squeeze yeah, yeah, it yeah. and its the eyes pop mummy out? Balls, yep. Yeah, we there were those. They were just it was just total I was
2: waiting for pogs to show up, but they didn't.
0: Right. There were like um aliens references. Yeah. There was just like it was I felt like holiday did. It was like total references to my childhood. It was all my toys, all my pop culture. You know, hence everything I loved. About the '80s that I forgot about, Thundercats, uh, Millennium Falcons, Thundercats, wha- uh, Voltron, just uh, John Hughes references. They even had fucking Tab Soda. There was this, like, there, it was it was totally mind blowing, and I have to see it again because it was so much to take in. Mm. I literally felt like I was on uh, one of those 4D rides at at Universal.
1: Mm-hmm. It was like I hear You, you
0: could experience it. And you could feel it. You know what would have been it. cool is
1: as I think about it now, because we all, Alex, Tuan, and I all saw it together. Yeah. And I think that if we had we we had headsets on during the time we watched it through the headset, oh, where it. we would have just had the whole visual experience in that oh, way. It. We didn't making references because they could have been music and everything involved in the in that experience. I think that would have took us to that next level.
0: Yeah, it it always does. It was it was just so much eight balls. Yeah. It, there was, like, little references to that film Cocktail with mm-hmm. um with Tom Cruise. It was a little sign in the corner. It said like Cocktails and Dreams. Blew my mind.
1: Well, we're all about cocktails and dreams. Because it,
0: it won. Yeah, we're all, like, little two steps from alcoholism. But, no, I'm just kidding. We're not.
1: Speak for
0: <laughs> We are absolutely not. But it I was don't, just nostalgic. I don't drink
1: outside of this show.
0: Uh, okay. Okay. Um,
1: Bold and accurate
2: statements aside, uh, right. finish your thought to Right, honor. Thank you.
0: <laughs> it was just, as the millennials say, it was nostalgic as fuck, right? Mm-hmm. It was just everything and every feeling we've ever had felt like it came out of this film. And, and, and I just felt everything I grew up with was there. I just want to preface by saying, again, absolutely love the movie scene when they go into The Shining. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. That was
0: I wish that really existed in real it life. It was perfect. In it every will because there are yeah it will it will it totally will because no, like... first of all there are certain films that I absolutely know every single fucking word to every dialogue every statement uh, to be in that film and like they almost that,
1: went scene for scene it that way they
0: were almost scene for scene mm-hmm. at least on the major parts yeah, well,
2: so so. There's a technique that's becoming really popular. It's very expensive to use, but it's okay. called volumetric video. Okay. And so what they do is they'll have cameras that don't just capture the scene in front of them, but they mm-hmm. capture the scene everywhere, right? So think of like of a whole bunch of 360 cameras. Right. Uh-huh. And as they sort of push through an environment, they 3D scan the set and right. then they pull um, the real photo textures from the scene around Uh, It's used for being, you can scan actors in real time. So you can create an accurate 3D model with the realistic textures of that person, like photorealistic textures, and they can map them onto 3D models. So what will happen is what they were experiencing was like a volumetric, it's like a volumetric version Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. The Shining, because they were to walk through a 2D scene, right? So, I mean, obviously they had just rebuilt the set Right. And used textures from the film as well as just like yeah. what they'd Carpets. seen. Oh, really... But then there were those amazing shots where they literally seemed to take the actual film scenes from the movie mm-hmm. and overlaid them into this 3D right. environment. Because they were real. Those were like real. It wasn't just CG, it was like no. the actual footage. They were
0: real, actual which footage.
2: Which was fucking amazing. Like
0: the girls in the hallway, the so, woman in the tub, the blood. The blood was awesome. Yeah.
2: And as a gamified experience, right. seeing if your favorite horror film is a gamified experience is like he, he's definitely touching on so people are seeing that. Right. But he will already be working on creating experiences like that. Like I oh, can yeah. guarantee that Disney's trying to build oh, out Disney sure. films in so you'll put on a HoloLens or a or a VR headset and yeah. you'll right. be able to wander through a set and like a, a film scene and experiencing it. So now let crazy. me ask you something. It's now, really, really it's,
1: cool. yeah. This is one of your favorites, you one of your picks. What did you feel when you saw that?
0: Yeah, because you read the book too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. God, you really are a geek. I mean, it's
0: stop it's stop geek shaming. Stop geek shaming. You You can shaming. Can read the book
2: in a day; it's pretty short. <laughs> I'm not reading it, but whatever. How did you feel about it? No, it's fantastic. Like it's, it's, it gives you all of the main points that you're kind of looking for. It's sort of mm-hmm. obviously there's a few details that of just like the general world and some subplots that you don't get, right? But right. like in general. Everything's there that 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 you that you want, and as an entertaining film, it pretty much hits on everything that I was looking for as far as what a movie sort of version could give you. So, okay. I don't I mean I mean for me, it was sort of there was just the visual feast yes. that you were given. Like even even in your be- your best like even on your best day of imagining oh, yeah. what it was that this thing looked oh, like, yeah. I thought they fucking nailed they nailed it they nailed rebuilding what this oasis oh totally how mm-hmm. it's described in the book how big and immersive and epic it is but then they made it relevant for modern audiences because yeah. they had I mean just from a producer's standpoint, right. the licensing that they had to go through. Mm-hmm. It had to be ridiculous. To take to take characters out of their universe yeah, and maybe. put them into a new universe mm-hmm. of all the work that we've done with Disney in, right. in this agency. I mean, it's like, oh my God. I because mean, it's so hard to get brands to allow characters. you to do that.
0: Like people were, were their avatars were actual characters from... From various different fields, it was like trolls. There, yeah, there were um, Iron Robot, right? Iron, mm, Robot. Iron Giant. Iron Giant. Oh yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not. They there. hate but, like yeah. like
2: Disney hates having their characters taken out of the universe. Yeah. But I think in this instance, it's it, it must have been a situation well, where they they a, they didn't want to not be in it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. want your. Because this to is be Steven Spielberg. Well, they have yeah. a relationship
0: yeah. with Steven Spielberg, and the mm-hmm. and the DP is Janice Kaminsky. He's been directing. I mean, a lot of trust. Oh, <laughs> so much trust. He's been working with him for so long. I mean, okay, so it's just as recent as the post, but he mm-hmm. did Indiana Jones: Kingdom of the Skull, of uh, the Crystal Skull, right. Saving for Ryan, War of uh, War of the Worlds, uh, Minority Report. That's just to name a few. He's done like. A ton of films with him,
1: but that also speaks to filmmaking and how we pick the same people. We want to work with people, right? That we already because you know.
0: have a symbiosis with them, right? And a you trust. have a connection, a mm-hmm. trust. But also, give it up to this guy who is not young and still killing it in the game. Mm-hmm. This is a very yeah. technologically sound film. This isn't just our our usual stuff where we just. We we were putting all that we learned in film school together right. and we're just doing the science of it. This is beyond the science. Mm-hmm. This is what you just described, Alex, about the future of doing yeah. of doing digital it's the, it's, work. Yes, yeah,
2: the future of film. Um, but also just the, the way that they used, interpreted and included all the, yeah. the pop culture references. Tons right. Of it. It'd be so easy to, to get that wrong but right. they didn't. It, you know, they, they got it right. I also thought, I was just thinking generationally of the characters in the film. Yeah. The guys that made this world, they're millennials. Yes. And the kids who are playing it are like the children of millennials. Yes, they are. Right? So yeah. it's like my nieces and nephews who are all between right. the age of one and four. Right. Like they're the kids playing the Oasis. Exactly. And I was just trying to think of like from the perspective of, you know, that guy – I mean, he he the the, the Halliday, the creator yeah. of the game. I mean, the, the games that he was playing, even there just a little bit before my time. Yeah, oh, yeah. so he's a little bit older, but
0: like, Cause he's, he's well, because he, he was playing, he was playing. What do you call it? He was playing. He was playing Atari games. Yeah, Coleco Vision Cause games. Because he's Gen X. But he mm. he seemed Gen X more than mm-hmm. millennial. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but he was he's just on the end mm-hmm. of Gen X, yeah. and then. He was living in a millennial time and bringing forth all his all his uh, previous uh, cultural references. But if we let's let's take a moment. So we went out yesterday. I have to go. I'm going to a wedding in Jamaica, and I need to get a jacket. So Vaughn came with me. We went to H&M, and yeah. almost everything in H&M was 80s. 80s reference.
2: Really? Almost everything. Like around the, the film, you mean? Or? No, no, no. No, just, just the just, just
0: the cultural just references the cultural, of yeah. the 80s. The clothing, the shorts, extra short, extra bright, Miami Vice-style looking, yeah. mm. Alex Neon. P. Keaton t-shirts from like Family Ties <laughs> and shit. Yeah. like. Tons of neon and it wasn't bright neon, but it was like these bright, colorful colors. Mm. Um, same thing in. Um, I feel like Zara had the same thing too because yeah, there was oh, a really? lot when we went to Zara. Zara definitely had it because that's where I got my jacket. When we went to Zara, they had like the the elbow patches with like the brightly colored jackets, yep. and I I don't even know what textile that was. It wasn't seersucker. It was I don't know, but anyway, it was very eighties referenced. And it just felt like we were in our prime,
1: mm. already
0: shopping and shit that we would wore before. Right. <laughs> For me, I got to choose it this time because I, I didn't buy because my clothes. Because there, the there was there but... was a
1: very neon yellow suit.
0: Oh yeah. That
1: was fire. And I wish <laughs> I don't even know I I would never be able to wear it because it be was so amazing.
0: Lots of fucking like. But I would plaid. want
1: I want people to wear it and like tropical prints tropical and like, prints. Uh, Pastels,
0: a lot of pastels, just just tons it of spoke tropical to prints, but cool tropical prints, but like just tons of them everywhere, and not it was just this, your
2: standard Tommy
1: Bahamas. No, not no.
0: standard. This had this had an air of a style to it, you know. Oh, yeah. It was more than just being trendy, because pre- Zara and H and H&M it also are, spoke to that preppy time, sup- yeah, of mm-hmm. the 80s. a lot of prep. Where well, you had the, Alex uh, Keaton, the red, um, white, and
1: blue prep kind of thing.
0: Um, Alex Piketty in Weird yep. Science, mm. John Hughes, right? Um, very have any, Breakfast like, Club.
2: Sports coats with like sports blazers with the sleeves rolled up. Those have not come back, right? Well, you could do that yourself. Please you tell can, me. You could do
0: that yourself, and I've seen people do it, actually. Really? I've seen mm. people do it, yeah.
2: <sighs> That's a bold move.
0: They're doing it. Watch, I remember in the 90s popping my collar. Watch that comes back. Oh my my collar was up, and my jean jacket collar was up, <laughs> and I looked like fucking um Marty McFly. <laughs> I had but I had la- the lapels are back because you know, that
1: was all eighties. But
0: all the lapel buttons mm. that people are wearing, those are eighties, mm. and all that shit's coming back. Fucking bomber jackets, bomber jackets are super eighties. So like, all of it is totally coming back. It's, it's 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 a nice little it's a nice little feel. But anyway. Let's wrap this up. On this film, because what is happening?
2: I'm giving Fon fight is trying with to Alex. get me to drink what? Pure some of his rocket him. fuel. I don't want to drink Fon's pure rocket fuel. Him I need mean, to drink
0: booze. He is Spartacus. I've been, I've
2: been sipping on my tequila, man. I'm He's doing good. fine. Excuse Let him me. do his Don Julio. You just mixed Dizerano with fucking wild turkey or some shit and then <laughs> just put a ton of lemon juice on it and an Amar- <laughs> you With know.
0: some Jim Bean. What,
2: what's that? What are they called? What are those cherries Excuse called? Excuse me. Maraschino. Mar- mar- Maraschino mar- mar- pepper- cherries.
0: Okay. You good? (laughs) What's happening with you? Let's go back. Okay. So we'll go back to this. (laughs) Um, Let's wrap it up for Ready Player One because Alex is going to give us a little bit of a spiel. A little spiel. uh,
1: I need to talk about these goddamn dogs. Okay. Hold on a second. Ready Player One. Ready
0: Player One. Ready Player One. Okay. So Ready Player One i think initially when i saw this i thought oh my god no millennials gonna get this but then as we went shopping yesterday i was like what the fuck am i talking about they will all get it because they will all look back and reference material because they have google mm-hmm. and they will all try to be you know what kanye used to be <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> they will
0: all try and be that that dude mm-hmm. and and it exists everywhere fucking vans I could not get a pair of vans when I was a kid to save my fucking life. Now I got like five pairs. Mm. Right. And they're still pretty reasonably priced at fifty bucks.
1: And they're so ugly. Every time I look at my I don't
0: face. give a fuck. I'll be Picoli all day and rock some vans. The slide in <laughs> ones, the slip on ones are my motherfucking dream. I know. With all those um checkers, I they come in black, blue. It's just like so many different. I have different, the denim ones. Right. But they come in so many colors mm. now. Mm. I'm going to Jamaica styling. No, but oh, anyway. Okay.
2: I mean, I'm wearing, uh, my, I'm wearing my North Face Vans right now with Gore-Tex on them. I do
0: like those, mm. actually. Triple Black. You paid a lot of money for those. No, these were 100 bucks. No, let me see. Put your foot up.
1: Oh, my God. Sorry, Phil. It's fans. okay. You guys are fine. We're oh, talk I didn't about know they Alex had those. Shoes. Oh, it's a, it's a they the North 100 Face. 100 man. All right, check it out. Alex Vans.
2: All right. Not waterproof, but they're pretty damn they're resistant. They're pretty damn resistant. They, they survived I- this winter pretty good.
0: Yeah, well, this winter was pretty bad. So, okay, so Ready Player One, right? We love it all Things 80s. Love it. And I'm going to give another shout out to Lena because i Because the lesbian community would kick me out if I did not.
1: Shout out, lesbians. <laughs> we love you, too.
0: Yes, sapphic sisters all day long, Absolutely. of color, and some of not.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> but
0: go see this film because mm-hmm. I think if, one, you're of a generation in which you can be nostalgic about what they're showing, you will enjoy it. You could, too introduce your children or your younger siblings or your younger friends into it. And three, if you are a millennial or anyone younger than that, go out there. You will totally love it because it's all interconnected, mm-hmm. right? We're all, you guys love this super diversity, Absolutely. purposeful life. This is what this film's about. I will yep.
2: rewatch it in 3D as well. I think I'm going to go 3D. I've never I, seen
0: it I can't it again. do 3D. But I'm, I'm good now. But, but like I'm I said,
1: between again. Love, Simon and this film, both good, great films, and I, I'm excited for where we're going. Yes, Thanks. Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right. Now for a special. Yes. We're gonna do a bonus little shout round. Out from
0: special bonus round. Of Beer,
2: bourbon, and a movie. Brought to you by films white people like.
0: <laughs> That's right.
2: Hosted by Alex <laughs> the Kiwi. Exactly.
0: <laughs> oh my it. God. That's perfect. Alex that was perfect. That was perfect.
2: So I couldn't get any um, takers to come see this film with me. Of I course, I'm talking way. about Wes Anderson. Who else could it? Wes be? Wes
1: Anderson. <laughs> Wes
2: Anderson um, Isle of Dogs fantastic film really really loved it if you like Wes Anderson this delivered on everything that you would want um, I know that uh, Von Antoine they were a little bit hesitant of it not so much because I mean obviously if you Wes Anderson's quite a known quantity for the way he puts his films together yeah. there's a lot of quip there's a lot of wit There's all the characters kind of have this OCD sort of way about them or type a There's like sort of hu- almost like over the top analytical levels of language and banter. You know, yeah. like, I, I was really trying to talk about it with um, the, my friends who I went to see it with. And
0: it, it's, it's almost like <laughs> they were not about it either.
2: No, no, they loved it. Oh, I was yeah. just, I was trying to figure out like, what is it with the dialogue of Wes Anderson films? Right. Is, yeah. And, and then I realized that it's almost like everyone in his films, they kind of operate on this, like, there's this sort of this etiquette yes. of, like, the way that you do things. So you're on some big adventure. Right. Uh, and then all of a sudden, um, I don't know, it doesn't, like, in this one, they were trying to sort of get along, get through some, It's like the they called, like, the five fingers. And then they had right. to get over this toxic garbage dump and they had to get to these places encounter all these robot dogs and enemies, blah, blah, blah. And they would always describe it in sort of, like, every single detail would be talked about. And right. it's all very matter-of-fact and, like, and now yeah. we have to do this, now we have to do that, and blah, blah, blah. It's just... It had all of that, um, but I don't know. It was it was like, oh man! I'd have to go into so much detail on the film. I and obviously you guys hadn't seen it, but
0: it's okay. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so
2: funny. I mean, it's like the opening the opening line. Right. Is this like the the, the Japanese references are just phenomenal. The okay. art direction's amazing. I'm sure about that. The art what, direction's what amazing. What I love
1: about it is the yeah. art direction. Yeah. It yeah, actually, this, uh, in another time so and place, good. if it if it didn't have dogs in it mm-hmm. or pets, because I really don't give a fuck about a goddamn. But the, pet. Do- the yes, dogs, really.
2: like the dogs, were so like <laughs> anthropomorphic. They were so humanistic.
1: Because that was the whole point. They were yeah. they were humanistic, and I and I've watched several several West Anderson films, mm. West Anderson films. So I understand where you where you're coming from, mm. but I'm not gonna sit and watch dogs. It was, just, it. it
2: was so funny because it was sort of from the perspective of teenagers mm-hmm. and, like, kids under 16, right. you know, very sort of Moonrise Kingdom. Right, right. 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 It's like adolescence. Yes. So adolescence showing adults, like, the righteous path, you know? Right. Okay. And um, Sort
1: of kind of like where we've been in the last two films we talked about.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. And so this young kid, just the overarching plot, This there's this uh, – <laughs> it's staged in this reality of – I don't know, this alternate reality where humans and dogs went through some kind of epic battle in, like, feudal Japan. Right. And um, dogs... So some, one. Dogs won? Dogs kind of won. And then cats were sort of the the chosen... It's fucking confusing. But, like, cats, cats were the... They were, were the preferred ha- animal of this one shogun. Yeah, and he ended up like they ended up sort of fighting back, and they were eradicating all these dogs. And then there was this one samurai child who kind of comes and saves the dogs. The dogs end up losing this epic war between basically cats, humans, and dogs. This kid sort of saves them. Stop, he stops them from becoming extinct. Right. But it takes dogs who were these like wild. Basically, saying how dogs became domesticated. Almost like feral dogs. Yeah. yeah so it's like dogs are these sort of, they, they owned the countryside, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. But then they lose this battle and they become kind of enslaved or become domesticated by people. Right. Um, they become sort of, you know, the, the, the classic honored pets. Uh, but then eventually in sort of modern times dogs end end up catching some kind of flu it's like a dog flu and the guy who's the mayor of uh mayor of this town this district um he's the descendant of the shogun who hates dogs okay and so it's this whole thing of like well he kind of engineered this flu so that all dogs could be outlawed and they would get all the dogs off the island and sort of him and his cats would fucking reign supreme.
0: Yeah.
2: And so there's these all these dogs are exiled to this island and this the young boy in the film, he's the his parents die in an accident and this guy who's the mayor, he ends up taking this boy in as sort of this like statement of kind of uh I don't know, charity, right? right. Mm-hmm. And this young boy is assigned this special dog who's like a guard dog, essentially. And they have these little earpieces so they can actually talk to each other. It translates oh, wow. from dog to... Because all the people speak Japanese and the dogs speak English, which is fucking hilarious. It's and there's a big weird, warning right? at the beginning of the film
0: right.
2: in English and Japanese, which explains like how the film is made and why it's made that wow. way. But you know what I mean? So he's not, he's not just sort of taking for granted that people will just accept that, you know, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's just such a fun movie and it's really, really heartfelt. And obviously it makes you sort of miss in love with your dog if you have a dog. Uh, instead of that whole, I
0: can't watch that movie. That
2: whole relationship. Um, okay. But just in general, I mean, Bryan Cranston is fucking Mendo. amazing. He's so yeah, funny. He so Jeff Goldblum's looked? lines were just Oh, oh just Jeff Goldblum was, so Goldblum was <laughs> in it too? Yeah, yeah, they're all in it. Okay, so let me guys. ask you
1: something. Mm-hmm. Do I, do I need to see it?
2: I think you should see it. I mean, for a Wes Anderson film, it was quite different in the sense, like the art direction alone, there's so much that's not said and you just burst out laughing just because of the composition of the scene right. and the way it's put together. And you can easily think of them as not pets and just as...
0: There was a lot of people in this.
1: Just as people, Well, they you know. felt like real people. It was like yeah.
0: Brian Cranston, uh, Ed Norton, Ed Norton's Bob great. Balaban, Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum. Oh,
2: Bill Murray's so
0: funny. Uh... Th- Francis McDormand, mm-hmm. Greta Gerwig, yeah, it was a lot. Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. so there, it was so, so many people in so this. Harvey was... Keitel, mm-hmm. wow. yeah, I Harvey Keitel,
2: Harvey. and Harvey M- Keitel plays this like wizened old dog. He's like an oracle. Gondo. Oh my God.
0: F. Mary Abraham, like that's a lot of Yoko Ono is in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Walking on <laughs> and things. Tilda Swinton, Vaughn's favorite. Yes. Um, Ken Watanabe. Wow, that's a lot.
2: Yeah. Just yeah, but and they all have their part, and you Mm -hmm. all know who those people are, and Mm -hmm. and like the characters they play in the film are are very much just he he took like what his actors are known for, and he made sure to inject. Um, those most famous kind of characteristics yeah, into the characters. Oh, that's cool. So oh, that feels cool. like Brian Cranston. It feels like Jeff Goldblum. Cool. It feels like Scarlett Johansson. Okay. And even the Yoko Ono character is ridiculous. It makes no sense. So it's fucking right.
0: so funny. Fisher Stevens yeah. and Leah Schreiber? Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I'm Tawana. I'm excited about it. Tawana, yeah. so we're going to go it. see Please this see film. Please we're going to see, see, see it. this with so movie so much pass, fun. though. Yeah. Oh,
1: no,
2: shout out to movie
0: I need you to get movie pass. I should get it. Because honestly, if you only see one film, it pays for itself. It
2: pays for itself, yeah.
1: Not All that
0: sign
2: we're it.
1: advertising sign movie
2: pass, but I mean, listen, want to
0: shout out
1: to that so
2: what are you suggesting that I just go and see one film and Movie Pass pays for itself? That's amazing. What other benefits come with Movie Pass,
0: I don't know. Perhaps MoviePass will sponsor us and we can tell you more. And, I Absolutely. Only, and, I,
2: and it only takes five minutes to sign up at what URL? MoviePass.com? dot We'll go there right
0: now. Absolutely. Go to
2: moviepass.com slash BBM.
0: That's right. And we will BBM. not
2: get any kickbacks from it. At, not at it. all. You will
0: get a, a not at all. You will get a ten percent discount. Not at all. But agree. all I'm
1: saying is <laughs> Go see movies, folks. Go see we, we've, we've seen some fun movies this weekend, and I'm glad that we had the experience of some fun movies because we've been seeing a lot of dark and depressing kind of movies, and all of these films seem to be very uplifting and, mm-hmm. and bright. Definitely. So that's a good thing. So well, this,
0: this, was a, this was a good episode in terms yeah. of uplifting, bright, hopeful futures. But let's switch off to something dark and depressing all right. for next week's episode in terms of... A Quiet Place, and A Beautiful Day.
1: I'm ready for some horror. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. And so what we like to say here, as always, is thank you for tuning in, film fans. And you can find us on all our social media platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and where we host on SoundCloud. That's under Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. Once again, that's Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. And don't forget to use that hashtag, hashtag Podcast. Thank you so much, fans. See you soon. This is Beer Bourbon and a Movie. And also, movies white people like.
1: (laughs) See you you later, Alex. (laughs) Your ass.
2: See you next time, guys. Bye.